or why? There we go. We're going to pray first. Lord, we just humbly come before you, Father, wanting you to touch our hearts afresh as you first touched us, Lord. Strengthen us in our faith that we may walk this journey that is earth with you and with you alone, Lord. Amen. Happy Father's Day, guys. Now, it occurs to me that it's Father's Day, so I thought I'd talk for fathers. If you're a father that doesn't like drag racing, please bear with me. You might soon. You might less soon too. And uh, if you do like drag racing, well, we're on a winner, aren't we? Drag racing, to my mind, is just a little 12-second uh, capture of life or whatever you get down a quarter mile in because our days are as fleeting as the flowers on the, on the field, aren't they? So while we might have 60, 70, 80 years here on the face of this, this planet, uh, for our eternity, there's no more than one pass down Eastern Creek. One, one 15 seconds if you're in a slow vehicle or 10 seconds if you're in a quick vehicle. It's just one pass. So life's a drag race uh, in, the, in the concept of eternity. So, can I just ask you, just so I know how much not to bore you, are you a car or a bike sort of person or not? Okay. Put your hand up, please, if you are a bike sort of person. Okay. Thank you, guys. That's encouraging. So, why drag racing? Why three lessons from drag racing? How did I start drag racing? My son bought that. I've been riding all my life ever since mum said don't ride. That's how boys get into bike riding, isn't it? So my eldest bought that bike, that's a Blackbird. They came out in 1997. Now I'm a person of extremes, so please forgive me, but this fascinates me. Last, last I was talking about it last uh, Sunday night, last uh, January I was in Mongolia in the middle of winter. It was minus 40. I always wanted to see what extremes were like. Now, I was always there for other reasons too. Now, there are other parts of the world that are colder than minus 40, but it's getting up there, isn't it? And there are probably not many parts outside of Siberia. Now, that bike is an extreme. In 1997, when it came out, it was the fastest uh, production bike or vehicle probably on the planet. So that was off the showroom floors with stock tyres on it. They do 270 kilometres an hour. 270. Now it didn't last long. In 1998, Suzuki bought out a bike called the Hayabusa and it did 304. But the Blackbird had that record. Now it's still not a, it's still not a, a, a slug. So my son bought one of those second hand. So... At, they're at 1100 and I was riding a 1300 at the time, so you can imagine what's going to happen. If you can't imagine, ask me later. So we ended up down at Eastern Creek. Him on his 1100, me on my 1300. But his bike had a lot more horsepower than mine anyway, so it wasn't a hard uh, calculation as to who was going to win. Now, 
Went down to amateur street meets, you get five passes in a night. Six if you're lucky, you get five. Cost you $55 entry. Now, that's it. $55 for an evening's entertainment to do things that you get in a lot of trouble for doing on the road. And you can't do on the road safely anyway. Now, an average pass, or my best passes, down the, down Eastern Creek on my bike was, was uh, 12 seconds flat. My son was doing his down in, in the low 11s and high 10s. High, high now, you think about that as bang for your bucks. It costs you a dollar a second. For five, it costs you $10, 10 second pass for five passes. That's pretty good bang for your bucks, I think. And you get that kind of performance. You're not going to get it anywhere else. So, but I learnt that in this sport, in this sport of drag racing, there are three things you need. A, B and C. The first thing you need is you need ambition. The second thing you need starts with B, but I don't want to be impolite, so I'm going to call the word courage. And the last thing you need is capabilities. That's what I want to talk about. I, the A, B and C. But, you know, many other sports have that same A, B and C, but if you like golf, bowls or cricket, I don't think they fit. But I'm not here to bag you, just stir you, okay? So, preparation. You go to Eastern Creek. They run it six nights a year. Now, if you've got no gear, you've got no ID, and they're not going to let you race. So before you race, you've got to go through scrutineering. Now, scrutineering is simple. You've got to have a legal helmet, and you've got to have um, boots on it. You've got to have boots on. And if you've got a sub-10-second bike, which is darn quick, you've got to wear leathers. But outside of that, it's, and the, the, you've got, they check your brakes. The, the vehicle doesn't have to be registered. So you get a lot of bikes get towed down. They're the quicker ones. So you've got to get through scrutineering. Now, you've then got to get through staging and Christmas trees. Let me explain this to you. That's a Christmas tree. This is all about getting the start right. Remember? Your ambition. You've got to get the start right. So there's two of you. There's the Christmas trees in the middle goes down a series of lights, it starts at, at the top and goes down to the bottom to the green. Now I learnt, because I was slow in reaction, that the light, one off the bottom, two off the bottoms are either orange or yellow. And I learnt, because I'm slow, if I take off when the first orange one is on, by the time I'm moving, it's gone green. If I waited till I was gone green, the other guy would be halfway down the track which is, I think, why they give you those heads up with the uh, head, head starts with those lights. But the way you turn the lights on is you've got two, two uh, beams, electronic beams, that are about a foot apart. And they're on your left if you're in the right-hand lane, and if you're in the left-hand lane, they're on your right, they're down the centre of the track. Now, you've got to break that beam with your front wheel. It's the same for a car, but it's easier to see on a bike. Um, You've got to break both those lights for your front wheel. And that means that you've turned on your side of the Christmas tree. Now, the other fella has to do it too. So he turns on his side of the Christmas tree. And the race doesn't start until both bikes are in staging, until both vehicles are ready with, the, with, the, with those two beams of light broken 
so that they know that the bikes are ready and the, and the clock starts. Then, of course, the, you, the lights come down and off you go. But the thing you've got to be careful of with the staging, that's setting your bike up to go through the lights, your ambitions can get the better of your capabilities. All right, now, that's, that's been the echo of many a fellow that started a fight and lost it. The ambitions can be the better of your capabilities. So let's talk about ambition. Now, in ambition, you've got to learn to seize the day. Ambition gets you started, but you must get the start right. Because if you don't get the start right, the other fellow's going to get the start right and you're already behind. So ambition gets you started, even if you don't have the courage and the capabilities. Even if you don't have B and C, ambition will get you off the line. But if you're going to get off the line, you need to be fuelled, but you need to travel light. You've got to be ready, but you don't want to carry a lot of extra weight. Now, when that light goes green, you twist the throttle. No, you don't. You choke the throttle. And you want it out as hard as you can get that vehicle to go off the mark. Because if you're not doing it, the guy next to you is going to do it anyway. That's, that's where a little bit of courage is going to come in. But you don't fill your tank up because you're carrying too much weight. You only need enough fuel to get down a quarter of a mile. So, you've removed unnecessary hindrances to get going. How you start does matter because it prepares you for all that is ahead. If I start slow, I make the run hard for myself. I want to start strong as I want to finish the race. I want to give myself the best chance of winning. And I do that by starting well. And seriously, if you don't get the start right, you've got very little chance of catching that guy next to you. And one day I was racing one fellow and I was slower off the mark than him. And I got him, but I got him after the end of the quarter line. It took me the whole 400 metres to catch up. My fault. Now, start strong, start strong, start as you want to finish. Give yourself the best chance of winning. And as with life, there is no second chance at that green light. You're going to get a second chance if you fail at that race because there's another four that evening you're going to have. But you don't get a second chance once that light's turned green. So, give it your best chance. Of course, there isn't a second one. Don't mess around. Give every chance, give yourself every chance by fixing your eyes on the finish line. Now, at Eastern Creek, and I've only ever been there, who'd ever been to Castle Ray? Remember Castle Ray Drag Strip? See, yeah, on a 400 metre tra track, you can see the end. You can see that quarter mile finish. And they've got another quarter mile after that to help you slow down, or maybe, maybe even half a mile to slow down and kiddily to ride at the end if your brakes aren't working too well. Keep your eyes on the finish line. Keep your eyes focused forward. And that's the goal. The goal is to get there quickly, to get there quicker than the other fellow, but not watch the other fellow. So don't worry about the guy beside you. You've got to, and if you're doing 200 kilometres an hour, you don't want to be looking sideways. You're doing 100, you don't want to be looking sideways. You get to 200 kilometres, you'll be doing 200 before you get to the finish line. 
You don't want to be looking sideways. It's not safe. So, a couple of little lessons here for faith. Travel light. Talks about that in, in Hebrews, doesn't it? All the things in life that hinder us from, uh, from chasing Jesus. The sin that we hold on to that resists us from growing in Jesus. The holiness that we throw aside because I don't want to, uh, to deal with that sin in my life. Lose it. There's lessons in this because you're travelling through life, you're travelling through life hard. Excuse me. Jesus tells us to travel light, but be fueled, but have enough fuel on board to get you through the day. Each day, we need to start the day with fuel from the Lord. Fetch your strength from him every morning. Now, you know the story in Matthew 25 about the, the, the young maidens, the virgins. There are ten waiting, I can't show you ten fingers, ten waiting for Jesus to return, for the master to come back in the parable. Five of those ladies are found fueled and ready to rock and roll when the master returns and the other five are going down to Shell to look for the fuel. And of course, by the time they get back, the party's on and they're not allowed in. Guys, I need to be fueled each day, ready for my master to return. And I focus on the finish line. The destination is worth the difficulty of the journey. Can I repeat that? I have 400 metres is really easy to have a bad journey because it's going to stop really quick. And I can focus on the finish line. But it's going to stop soon. But on earth, it doesn't feel like it's going to stop soon. But I need to focus on the finish line. That's why we had those verses, those passages read from Isaiah and, and uh, Revelation about the finish line that we have for us. Now, while I was at this uh, first set of races with my son on his Blackbirds, we swapped bikes to see who was going to be the fastest. <clears throat> my son put, took something off the seat, underneath his seat on his bike. Now, he's on my bike, I'm on, my, I'm on his bike. We're staged, we're at, the, we're at the ready to go, and I take off on his bike. His bike was a lot faster than mine, a lot more horsepower. And I gave it as hard as I could get off the mark the first time riding that bike. His seat slid back. Of course, he hadn't locked it into place. So I'm taking off on a 150 horsepower motorbike, that's a 10 second bike, and my seat slides back. Now, pardon? Sabotage, that's what it was, he did beat me too. Thank you, I never thought of that, it was sabotage. Well, well done. I'll, remember, I'll remind him of that. But you know what? I only had a loose seat for 400, 400 metres. So I managed to keep it together because I was only doing 400 metres. If I was going to ride down the snowies on it, I would have been stopping to secure that seat. Can you see the difference? I could put up with a little bit that was wrong for a short distance. But we're in a race that's a lot longer, although, you know, chronologically it's only a drag race. We're in a race that's a lot longer to the finish line. I kept my eye on the finish line. I kept the bike vertical. He beat me. But then we secured the seat at the end. So, guys, please keep your eye on the finish line. And the journey's longer than 12 seconds. But remember, the destination is worth the difficulty of the journey. Of course, we just read about the destination. 
So here's the next point. The courage. Remember the other word for that is for V, it fits. You've got to keep the power on. Now this is where, the, this is where your heart starts to come, come into uh, effect. Ambition can get you started, but courage keeps you moving. You've got to go hard, you've got to go strong and you can't topple. If you start to go too slow on a bike, it's going to fall over. Gravity wins every time. And if you're running out of courage, the other guy's going to win the race and you're going to start to topple. Don't fade. You can't win if you fade. Keep your eyes on the finish, way line, finish, way, finish line alone. No sideways glances because you know what's down the centre of, of, the, of the course for the first 200 metres, the track? What's down the centre? It's concrete. Concrete barriers. Now, guys, that's going to, you're going to have trouble if you take sideways, if you look sideways, you're going to have a crash. Don't look sideways. That's why they put the, the blinkers on the horses, isn't it? So they just stay focused. There's nothing out there to distract them. And that's what, little, uh, that's what happens in our own Christian lives too, isn't it? We get to glance sideways. But if I let glance too far sideways, death resides in that glance. So, accept no reasons in your life that would let you slow down. You're travelling too fast at 150 kilometres an hour on a quarter mile strip to be distracted. And the goal is too important and the distractions are too life-threatening. Now, one day I did thought, I did, did, did some planning before I went riding and I looked up some power figures of my bike online and I thought, if I can ride this bike according to the, to the peak torque curve, so that may mean something to you. If it doesn't, please forgive me. If I can ride the bike according to the peak torque curve and change gear at the right point, I'm going to go faster before I start to, before the torque curve descends, which I did. So I worked out where I think I had to change at 6,800 revs. Bike rev to 8,500. But if I change at about 68, 6,900 revs, I was going to go quicker because I was changing it at the right point to gears, going up to gears. But I found after I did that, I actually went slower. It wasn't that I got the gear changes wrong. I was too busy concentrating on the gear changes and not concentrating on the goal. I was getting distracted. So when I stopped concentrating on my gear changes and just went harder like I had done previously, I actually went quicker again. I was getting distracted, although it was a good legitimate distraction. It wasn't wrong. Now, there are faith lessons that we can get in this. Look sideways, I look away from the finish line, this is when Satan makes sin less offensive, heaven less appealing, hell less horrific, and faith less urgent. Can you see the distractions that the evil one gives us? We prayed about that in the prayers, thanks. The distractions Satan gives us are going to be all things to take our eyes off the finish line. Sin becomes less offensive, heaven becomes less appealing, Hell is less horrific and faith becomes less urgent. So I can stay distracted. Now, if you're a fellow gold, gals and glory are the things that take us away from the, from the Lord, the old three Gs, gold, gals and glory. And then weariness, you just, you just get tired with life. It doesn't happen to ladies, I know you're a lot stronger than us. That's what I've been told for a long time now. 
So I'm assuming it's only the fellows that get weary. If I'm wrong, ladies, please let me know afterwards. Gold, gold, gals and glory and weariness teaches men to look sideways. Power is kept on, whoops, wrong line. Power is kept on through an unshakable faithfulness and devotion. That's how I do it. Jesus was getting up every morning in the wee small hours while it was still dark and meeting his father in heaven on the top of the mountains. He'd be at the lake and he'd be talking to the, to, to the crowds on the lake and he'd sail across Galilee to get some time, remote time with the Lord's solitude. He was feeding his soul. Power is kept on through this unshakable faithfulness and devotion. I must stay strong because if I don't stay strong, I fall off. And it's the same in the racetrack. If I don't stay strong, I'm going to lose and I'm going to fall off. Now, on the, uh, on the bike, you choke the throttle, not yourself. Men choke when their faith is starved of fuel. We choke when our faith is starved starved of fuel. I must have more fuel in my tank each day than just to get through a few burnouts or a couple of 12 second passes. Now I get that with the Lord. We get it each day with the Lord. Choke the throttle but not yourself. The finish line is your compass The Bible is your light. It's your fuel for the race. So why do I fuel myself today? Because I want to get across that finish line whenever that day occurs. The finish line is your compass. We keep our eyes on the goal. Now the capabilities. Now your capabilities are proved at the finish line. At the finish line you've got two big two big uh, electronic readouts and everybody at the racetrack knows whether you won or not before you win because it clicks up as you go so as you go past the the beam at the end you break that beam. Now everybody else is going to know if you did 12 seconds or you did 200 seconds. Everybody else is going to know what your your terminal speed was and they're all going to see who got there first because if it's close you might never know that you got there first or second if it's close. So what you do is you turn around, you do a U-turn at the end of the track and you ride down a, a, just a track at the, at the side of the uh, barriers and they give you a digital readout of, of what you've done. They give you a digital readout. Then you find out your capabilities. Okay, I think I'm a 13-second rider. Did I do it in 13 seconds? I think I can boot, beat that Harley Davidson beside me. Oh, I didn't beat him after all. You see, this is where your capabilities are measured. They're always going to get measured. Now, the readout says it all. That's when you learn if your ambition 12 seconds earlier is now matched with your capabilities. Of course, we can always think we're better than we are, can't we? But you don't throttle off till you get to that line. You're not getting close and throttling off. I can see the line now, it's... It's 50 feet away. The guy next to you on the, on the Blackbird or the Busser or the Harley, whoever's whoever beside you, he's not backing off. And he'll see you backing off, he'll go past you. You lose. because you're throttled off. You must be stronger at the end than the start. 
Be aware before you cross the finish line. For you know what? A weak heart can defeat all the horsepower in the world. A weak heart can defeat all the horsepower in the world. The only time I ever beat anybody at Eastern Creek on my bike was when, was when they, they gave up quicker. On bigger bikes, on faster bikes, and sometimes I managed to squeeze a little win in. But it wasn't because of my skill, it was because they gave up quicker. A weak heart can defeat any horsepower in the world. So guys, it's Father's Day. Can I remind us, but it's for all of us, isn't it? Can I remind us that all our eyes must be praying upon the goal, the fixed goal. For this is our salvation. I must remember that there's a place awaiting where there is a tree of life that feeds healing to the nations where every tear will be wiped away and I will be dwelling with the God of heaven forever. That's what keeps me going. That's the finish line. Now, in the last service, I was talking about how God the Father is a good Father and he makes us to be with him. That's how it started in Genesis 1 and 2 and 3 when man walked in Eden with God. And that's how the Bible finishes in Revelation uh, 21 and 20, 20, 21 and 22. Man is going to walk with God again. That's what we're being created for. Not to live by faith, but to live by sight. To live in God's presence. And where we are in God's presence is perfect harmony and his peace. So let us run the race mark before us with perseverance. The spirit can be willing, but the flesh can be oh so weak. At the end of the pass, at the end of life, we get a ticket with our results on it. But at race end, there is always another race. At life's end, there's only one. Now, what I want to do, I want to race through my life now for an audience of one. And it's getting harder and harder and harder these days to race through life for an audience of one because the world is becoming so verbally antagonistic uh, towards Christians. And for those who want to stand up for an audience of one and be the light in a, cloud, a crowd that's in darkness and get up and we finished the, that passage finished to speak about immorality, particularly start speaking out about the immorality that's in this world. We'll talk more about that in a few weeks. So life has only one pass. Race for an audience of one. Keep the power on with the Lord that your ticket says one day, and this is all I want, guys, I could die, I'll die tonight, I'll die this afternoon a happy man if this happens. I'll die in, in, I don't know, 30 years' time, 20 years' time if this happens. A happy man. If all I get to hear is well done, good and faithful servant. That's what I want written on my handout, on my printout, through this drag race at his life, across his planet that is barren, that has all these things to take away my eyes off the Lord, but they're all hollow. They do not satisfy they never have, they never will. It tells me in Matthew 5, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. I fill my life with so many other things and I find they don't fill. Now I'm filled because all I want to hear is well done, good and faithful servant. Let's bow our heads. Lord, water our hearts afresh with your Holy Spirit this day. Pour your Spirit across us, Lord, and upon us, and strengthen our hearts for a freshness, Lord, of you, 
a dose of the ghost, Lord, that will have us screaming to you too. Lord, we want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen.